Hi, I'm Deborah St. Pierre. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Althea. At Althea, we do a platform for distributed or multi-entity ISP networks. I'm Catherine Speglia, and this is Well Technically, the tech podcast where women do the explaining. Hi, Deborah. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. I am too. And today we'll uh, actually be talking about Althea's blockchain LTE solution and why LTE is so important to the solution and how it represents a different approach to distributed infrastructure. But first, what is an example of a time in which being a woman has empowered you? Being a woman hasn't empowered um, me to look at things from different angles, right? So uh, a lot of the 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 innovation that came from Althea is being able to see the um, the internet in a, in a different way, right? Uh, rather than just like one central entity owning all of the infrastructure, because you sort of I you know that my lived experiences meant I approach things in different ways and perhaps more resourcefully. I feel like that empowered a lot of the way that we look at this, the solution, right? The way that we empower the decoupling of customer service from the infrastructure layers and really sort of align all of those incentives between the different parties, um, I think kind of comes from that resourcefulness that, that I found throughout my life. I like the way your answer really bridges kind of the personal and professional here, um, because I really do think there's something to be said for being a woman, having to adapt in situations where others maybe haven't had to adapt. And so just being really cognizant and aware of like there, you don't have to do something the same way it's always been done because in a lot of ways we actually can't as women, we can't do the same things and achieve the same outcomes. So, so I, I think that's very true about what you said about how it's, it's the reason you, you have such an innovative, innovative product because you've been innovating your whole life almost. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can, we can definitely see that um, resound true in, in, in multiple different ways, right? If we look at like how venture capitalists often pattern match what they call, you know, look for the same things. Well, like, as you said, if you do what we've always done, you're always going to get that same kind of outcome. And it's why when, when um, VCs do invest in underrepresented founders, they do um, have a statistically higher likelihood of a, of a better return. That's fascinating. Okay. So Let's start with you telling me a little bit more about the solution and and how it's a different approach to distributed infrastructure. So what would you say is important to know about your blockchain LTE solution? Oh, goodness. That's a big question. (laughs) Um, Right. I think that the, the what's important to know is that the way that internet is bought and sold right now is, is kind of fundamentally broken. And we see it in ways that many people aren't able to access the internet, that it's that it's too expensive, that it's overall not that great of quality. And we see all these pain points and um, it's, it's really not because, you know, ISPs are evil or, or things like that. It's really because the systems are just kind of fundamentally broken. But we found a place where the, the systems work a little bit better, right? Where at the, at the IX, so the interchange of the, the internet, um, in, its traffic is metered and built. Um, and what's happened there is that over the last 20 years, year over year, the cost of bandwidth has gone down and the supply has gone up. And so what Althea does is 
make that same open interoperable marketplace all the way down to the router level. And even now with LTE, what's exciting is we're bringing that same open marketplace um, and commoditization of bandwidth all the way down to the device level. And that's what's so exciting about the LTE piece. One of the key things about and innovations of Althea is also our um, uh, what we call price aware routing protocol. But what that means is that the user can actually choose their preference of latency and costs, and it will change the way that your packets go through the rest of the internet and who gets paid, right? So what happens when we bring that to LTE, mobility and device level, is that we can bring that same control there as well, right? So users can um, perhaps choose their latency and then the possibility is that later on, they all, that also would allow it to roam between different towers and then pay those towers automatically. And it really opens up the possibilities we can do. Um, it also opens up new markets for ISPs and kind of changes the way we look at roaming. I know the way I rephrased that question maybe threw you off a little bit. I realized it was like sort of a different question than what I wrote <laughs> by the time it came out of my mouth. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so I decided I was thinking, is that too long of it? <laughs> Let's dig into the the blockchain aspect specifically for a second. What role does blockchain play in the solution? Yeah, so what's exciting about blockchain um, is that it allows for these micro transactions to happen between different multi-entity stakeholders that are not are trustless, right? You know, and uh, to happen automatically and transparently on blockchain. That does that would not be possible with a, a centralized solution. Further, the other exciting piece of this, um, of the blockchain, is it allows for innovative investment into long-term assets like fiber, or vertical assets like towers that have a 20 to you know 40 year life, life cycle, right? Is that um, that CapEx actually can be um, uh, enabled through a smart contract, paid back automatically through the blockchain, and then decoupled from that customer service layer, right? So you're essentially investing in just that long-term, you know, fiber asset or, or uh, you know, a tower or longer-term asset. And then there can be another sort of entity that comes along. And when we get to emerging markets that may not have like the kind of legal system or structure in place to allow for less risky investments. Um, so you have that kind of transparency there that, that shows uh, the, the payments are happening in real time. And then the other, the other, uh, the other kind of component of that is those those microtransactions that just get settled uh, automatically. There's a third exciting thing that I'm also excited about is that what happens then when you have now a blockchain wallet embedded into every sort of home or device or um, different uh, node that interacts with this network is that now all of a sudden you have composable money, right? Once you have that, that blockchain wallet, perhaps that um, can easily be used to access financial services very much the way that we saw in pays are really empowered uh, a large group of people to be able to access, you know, loans and, and, and investments and payments online. I think there's a large segment of even here in the U.S. Um, that aren't really able to access the full, uh, you know, suite of financial services. But when it's all, you know, right there in your home router or your device, um, these things can automatically be, be accessed in kind of a permissionless way. Okay, great. And now my next question is about kind of the other half of what makes the solution the solution. Uh, so the world is like all hyped up on 5G right now. But here you have a solution that is is highlighting the power of LTE. Why is that? Why LTE? I mean, you mentioned the mobility aspect. And that's really what you know, that brings something exciting to the solution. Is there anything else you can tell me about about the importance of LTE here? 
Yeah, I mean, certainly 5G is included in the sort of LTE protocol spectrum, right? It's the fifth generation. Um, and, you know, consequently, sixth generation, seventh generation would also be included in that. But the reason why we sort of keep it to, a, a, to, to the nomenclature of LTE is it really speaks to our, our kind of key pieces here, which is one, having that kind of holistic network, right? So that one network um, can manage fixed wireless, mobility, IoT, and then sort of pay those seamlessly, right? And, that, and that's the case, whether you're using, you know, uh, 5G or 4G or whatever you're using, right? We can literally look at the distributed nature, the versatile nature of this protocol, right? As a neutral platform. And then the other piece that I think is really important is a lot of what we focus on, especially with the key LTE, is how this shifts ownership and sovereignty of our data and the way that we think about ownership and networks. So right now, let's say you're a farmer and you want to set up a smart egg instance, you know, you want to uh, manage uh, your, your water system or things like that, right? Or you want to have this, a, a set of soil sensors, right? Um, well, all that information has to go, um, you know, maybe it, it's through a, you know, a, a smart egg uh, sensors that then goes back to, um, you know, an LTE core in the cloud, right? That you have no control over, um, and then if you have bad internet, right, then that's a whole different that's a whole different solution managed by a whole different person, and then all of these are kind of these reoccurring payments that you have no control over. But what we can envision with PLTE is that same home router that provides you internet can also be your private LTE solution, right? where you're getting that data back to um, a little computer in your in that farmer's home, right? Where they have more control, that's their IP, that's what they own. And then they can also participate in a mobility network, you know, host a, 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 an LTE uh, node that provides, you know, either long range IoT or mobility. You know, we, we, a lot of the places that I've visited over the last few months have been places like Nebraska and Illinois where there's these like really, you know, vast swatches of area where they really just need mobility. But if we think, hey, that farmer's part of an Althea network, they're running a, a key, key LTE router in their home, they can easily participate, earn some revenue, and then we extend the network. That's what's so exciting about Althea. Networks never end. There's no, none of these dead ends. Like that's the, <laughs> you know, that's the end of your ISP right there. You can't sell it anymore, so it's done all networks can organically grow and then um, you know people can receive compensation for hosting uh, extra antennas. Okay, so you definitely started to talk about this when you're using the farmer as an example and you're talking about visiting Nebraska and Illinois. And I know the last time we spoke, um, you told me that this solution is, is ideal for smaller operators, underserved areas like those rural uh, or remote areas you were just mentioning, as well as for, for tribal land. So what, what makes a solution uh, or what more can you tell me about why this solution is ideal for, for those environments? Yeah, I think that what's exciting about Althea is, is that number one, the sovereignty piece and the, you know, sort of easy framework to get things set up. And the other thing too, is that we open up a lot of new markets that are previously inaccessible, um, right? The one from a, you know, the, the, the billing aspect of it, um, so if we think about the way that, you know, internet is bought and sold right now, kind of on this rental type of agreement, what we end up happening, have happening with a lot of underserved folks is that they end up being in debt or they miss a payment or just the friction of a monthly bill really ends up precluding a lot of folks. And, and I think uh, about how many people use prepaid phones right now. And it's, I think it's something around, um, 
uh, you know, around 70 million, right? Like it's quite a few folks have a prepaid phone, right? And most often that's because you know, they can't access the uh, a subscription-based model, right? There, there's reasons why um, just economically that's difficult for them. So I, I think all of those folks are folks that are not being properly served by the, um, by the current system for internet access as well, that, that the sort of easy prepaid, um, you know, pay as you go model of Althea's uh, billing makes it, make, opens up, right? So you have folks too right now from the ISP side that also can't access this market that have underutilized assets, they have underutilized towers, they have underutilized bandwidth in the fiber. Let's meet, <laughs> let's get these, these, these matched up, right? Folks that have a lot of assets that wanna open up new markets. Hey, the reason why they can't is because your building structure isn't working for this whole huge group of people. The other thing too, is that distributed CapEx happens um, through the Althea platform, which makes a lot of those rural areas that we're not able you know, to make financial sense to build out to all of a sudden start to meet and open an accessible market um, for, for uh, investors. Well, that's all very cool. So Deborah, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Well Technically is an Arden Media production. For advertising inquiries, contact Danny Miller at dmiller at ardenmedia.com.